This is a podcast from SPH Radio. The Sensitive Man. In this episode of The Sensitive Man, we find out more about cocktails, whiskies, and other drinks that you can enjoy at home. Uh, Glenfiddich comes from Speyside, which is more fruit-driven, uh, a lot softer. So I think uh, there's definite spice notes in our Glenfiddich 15, which I've used previously for mm-hmm. doing food pairings with spice-driven food. Uh, milk punches are really interesting because they kind of drink like a, a white wine, like a Sauvignon Blanc, because they have that juiciness and acidity, but they're not thin. They've got a beautiful texture and mouth. Well, I think the trend now is gin. A lot of people are into gin. Even the tonic, the still with the gin. Mm-hmm. They have different kinds, uh, different brands, different flavor. Which tonic should go with gin? You're listening to The Sensitive Man. I'm Simon Lim. Hi there, this is Simon Lim. And in this episode of The Sensitive Man, it's all about chilling out at home. At the time of the production of this podcast, bars and pubs remain closed in cosmopolitan Singapore. That's been a real dampener on people who frequent chill-out places for a good drink after work or on the weekend. Whether it's immersing oneself in a familiar noisy bar with friends, or the thrill of discovering a speakeasy bar, there's now silence on the streets. Or at least that's what some people think. A new form of drink culture has emerged from this requirement to stay home during the COVID-19 pandemic restrictions. Having your own drink and conversing with friends over Zoom has become the new normal on Friday nights and weekends. However, some friends lament that they miss the atmosphere of a bar or pub. It's the dim lights, music, the inviting mood of the bar culture, and people watching. You also get to see bartender showmanship in person, and that adds finesse and excitement for you. You can't wait to taste that cocktail. And it's the bartender's touch of playfulness, dramatic shaking styles up front at the bar counter that's also been missed. I spoke with Ronan Kilfi, head bartender of 28 Hong Kong Street, located where else? At 28 Hong Kong Street in Singapore. This cocktail bar has since created a name for its craft cocktails. I found out from Ronan that one could still bring a part of bar culture into their homes in the midst of social distancing. Ronan, during this period when bars and pubs have yet to open, I understand that customers can order online specially bottled cocktails at the bar you work for, 20 Hong Kong Street. Tell us about this range of cocktails. In coming up with a bunch of cocktails that we wanted to put out for delivery, we had two things in consideration. One was creating cocktails that were our style, that, that what regulars are used to and like what they're expecting from us and kind of what expresses us and what our thought process on drinks is. Uh, and we also wanted to create uh, drinks that were stable. Uh, as much as possible tasted the same if we made it in front of you or if we delivered it to you. Uh, so we had to look at things like finding alternative ways to introduce acidity to drinks. It's very hard to deliver fresh citrus cocktails because that citrus does degrade over time. It will affect the taste of the cocktail. So we've uh, been playing around with some stuff of our drinks right now. As there's some new drinks, there are some drinks from old menus that we brought back. They provide a nice spectrum of what uh, 28's kind of known for in, in our cocktails. Now, what is that delicious bottled drink you'd recommend to send as a gift? Uh, from 28, uh, one of my favorites is a drink that we have. It's on the delivery menu, and it was on the menu that we were running just before Circuit Breaker started. Uh, that is called The Last Dragon. So it's a very interesting drink. It uses a, a spirit called Geneva or Yennefer. 
It's a spirit from the Netherlands. It's kind of proto-gin. A lot of people believe uh, gin was grew out of uh, Geneva. It kind of tastes like mm. halfway between whiskey and gin. It's got a nice maltiness, but it's got some botanicals. Then we use a bitter Italian herbal liqueur, a little bit of uh, masala chai tea that we make in-house, uh, some demerara and some lemon juice. And then what we do is we use a really old technique called milk washing. Uh, this technique goes back to the 17, 1600s where you pour this acidic cocktail into milk and the milk will split like you're making cheese. Mm. And we filter out all the solids, all the curds, so you get left with this beautifully clear, uh, tart, refreshing, super easy to drink drink. Uh, milk punches are really interesting because they kind of drink like a, a white wine, like a Sauvignon Blanc, because they have that juiciness and acidity, but they're not thin. They've got a beautiful texture and mouthfeel from the milk way. And uh, I love that drink. I love the Last Dragon because it's unexpected and just super easy. It doesn't take a lot of effort to drink. Excellent recommendation there. Once an order is placed, how long would it take to receive these bottled cocktails? Right now, uh, we try and get them out as fast as possible. Uh, we don't have delivery slots on our website. If you want them by a certain time, uh, we can definitely do that. We generally start sending deliveries out by five. Singapore is only so big, so generally within the hour. The Sensitive Man Ronan, tell us about the interesting 28 Hong Kong Street online house party experience. So that's something that we put together to keep the part of the bar that we feel is the most important alive during these times. Mm -hmm. uh, as much as bars are known for drinks and cocktails, a bar is not a bar without the people. We firmly believe that drinks don't make bars, environment and people does. We can bottle cocktails and we can send them to people, but it's hard to bottle that experience of hanging out so we put the 28 Hong Kong Street House Party experience together. You and a few friends, you grab one of our party packs, which includes a little bit of food, some snacks, some swag from us, and some uh, cocktails. And we all hop on a Zoom room together, mm. uh, an online virtual room, and we uh, host you as if you were sitting at the table, sitting at a table at the bar. Uh, we play our music. Yeah, we just make sure you guys have the best evening you guys can while remaining socially distant, keeping social while being distant. And having lots of fun as well with the community. For sure. People can have a glass of wine by themselves. That's not the reason that you go and hang out with your friends at the bar. Mm. It's that interaction, and we want to provide an outlet where people can still experience that. You're the head bartender at 28 Hong Kong Street. What has been the trend these days in drink culture in the past few years? It's different uh, depending on where you look at it. In Singapore, the trends have been going towards more mindful drinking and more interest in using local ingredients or reusing ingredients. Gin right now is experiencing a massive boom and every day we get more and more people asking for gin and being more knowledgeable about their products as well. Because Singapore's bartending or cocktail bartending scene is fairly young compared to cities like New York and London. The big trend that I've seen is just education from consumers. People are more familiar with cocktails People are more familiar with what they like and what they want to see and what they want to have. So gin is big right now, but what have you heard is going to be the next big thing in drink culture? That's always hard to predict. Uh, there's always been talks of rum being hot on gin's tail, but I think less than a spirit. I think it's going to be 
more of an awareness of drinking, as I said, being more mindful about drinking. Low alcohol and non-alcoholic options, I think that's an area that I'm very interested in. It's a healthier choice. You're not consuming as much alcohol. You can maintain for a while. And it's an interesting challenge for bartenders to work outside of the ingredients that we're so used to working with every day and trying to find new and creative ways to put flavors together. That's part of the fun of your job, exploration. Very much so. The Sensitive Man Ronan, I'm sure you get a lot of requests by your family to make drinks at home. What do you personally drink at home and what's one cocktail recipe you would recommend that is simple enough to do at home? As for uh, having drinks at home, uh, a lot of people assume that since I'm a cocktail bartender, I'm making a lot of fancy cocktails at home. Uh, very rarely do I do so, actually. I'm, I'm quite simple and quite easy with what I drink. My favorite spirits are cane spirits like rum, uh, agave spirits like tequila and mezcal, and grain spirits like whiskey. Mm. Uh, I'll normally drink them with soda as a highball, like whiskey highballs or something I can drink any time of the day, or tequila highballs, or just a neat pour of whiskey. I do enjoy very, very simple clean flavors because mm. I feel that's where you really taste the spirit. You're not fighting past a lot of other flavors. As for drinks to make at home, it really depends on what you enjoy. Uh, an easy one to do is a classic buck. It requires uh, very few ingredients so you can get them all at a supermarket. You just need any sort of spirit, vodka, gin, whiskey, rum, tequila, whatever you feel like. A little bit of lime juice and some nice spicy ginger beer. So you just uh, pour a nice responsible measure of rum into a glass so that with ice a little squeeze of lime top it up with some ginger beer add in a dash of bitters if you feel like angostura bitters is fantastic and then drink that nice and refreshing if you want to go a little bit uh, interesting uh, you can do an old-fashioned that's a really simple cocktail very very popular you just need again any spirit uh, generally aged spirits work best mm. so things like whiskey brandy rum aged tequila a little bit of sugar you can go wild you can just use a sugar cube you can use gula malaka, you can use maple syrup, honey, whatever sweetener you desire. And then a couple dashes, again, Angostura bitters, or if you have some other fancy bitters at home, chocolate bitters, cardamom bitters, whatever, black walnut bitters, you can add those in. Just serve that all over some ice in a rock glass and garnish it with a nice orange twist or a lemon twist. And that's just a really simple drink, and they're great to batch up as well. So if you have an empty bottle of whiskey, uh, you can make a big batch of old fashioned, keep it in your fridge so it's kind of always there if you need it. Who are 28 Hong Kong Street customers and what have some of their requests been, you know, since the lockdown of bars as well? Any special requests? I like saying that 28 is not a something bar. It's not a mm. gin bar. It's not a whiskey bar. It's just a bar. Like we, we try and have a little bit of something for everyone because we don't want anyone to feel alienated. We, we want to be the clubhouse where everyone's comfortable hanging out. A lot of people get intimidated. Like you're at a fancy cocktail bar, you should order a fancy cocktail. Mm. But we highly believe in drinking whatever you feel like. If you drink what you like, you're going to have a good time. And that's what really matters to us. You come into 28 after all of this is over. Uh, if you just feel like having a vodka soda or a Long Island iced tea, we're going to make you the best vodka soda Long Island iced tea we can. Uh, we do accept requests for special orders for drinks, but our selection for the cocktails that we're putting out on the menu for delivery, we can't do some drinks that 
require a lot of fresh citrus, like a daiquiri or a margarita. Mm. It's kind of difficult, not because we don't want to, it's just that we want the drink to arrive to you in the best conditions. Like we don't want you to be spending your hard earned money and getting something that may not taste great. So we, we have had some requests for a uh, little neat course from our back bar because uh, we have some guests who come in and they really like a certain whiskey or whatnot. And so we've sent that out as well. The great thing about the bar scene in Singapore is that it's very diverse. And how did you develop this interest in bartending? I don't think anyone really grows up wanting to be a bartender. But I was going through university in the UK in Nottingham. When I was legally able to drink in bars, I always uh, sort of gravitated towards cocktails and fine spirits anyway. I took an interest in them, like the production and history that always sort of fascinated Mm. me. So I started working at a bar part-time to pay for my beer money, basically, a little bit of pocket money. Over time, I figured out that I was really drawn to it. I enjoyed bartending. It was something that uh, really hit, uh, struck a chord with me, and I found a lot of joy in it. That eventually became my profession. What has been the most rewarding thing in bartending for you? For me, I feel it's exceeding expectations for a guest. It's a hard job. You're running around, you're trying to do a lot of mental gymnastics as well, trying to remember orders. and mm. When you have the ability to turn a guest day around or just make their experience that much better, that's what I get excited about. And people go into bars because they're not feeling great and they maybe want to feel a bit better or if they're feeling good and they want to feel even greater. Being that conduit and being able to improve a guest day is really what drives me. That's the most rewarding thing for me. I was speaking to Ronan Kilfee, head bartender of 28 Hong Kong Street, and he won the Rising Star Awards at the Bar Awards in 2018. 28 Hong Kong Street is located at 28 Hong Kong Street in Singapore. You can hop onto the Cocktail Bar's website to find out more. It's 28hks.com. You're listening to The Sensitive Man. I'm Simon Lim. You're listening to my podcast, The Sensitive Man. I'm Simon Lim. Today's man is not ashamed of cultivating an awareness of their feelings. In other words, men of today are able to identify and express what they're feeling. The sensitive new age man of this new world understands that emotions are not a weakness, but that validating their own feelings and managing those emotions positively can actually be healthy. He has good advice by the English writer Gilbert Keith Chesterton. He once said, Drink because you're happy, but never because you're miserable. Unquote. And it was the American author Edward Ebby who once said in amusement that a drink a day keeps the shrink away. So if it's that one drink a day, would it be wine, gin, vodka, or even whiskey? There's been an infatuation with whiskeys here in Singapore and the rest of the world. And celebrities of today have even endorsed whiskey brands. Soccer star David Beckham had teamed up with Diageo to launch the Hague Club whiskey brand. Actress Mila Kunis was recruited as the face of Jim Beam. But Miller is not the first woman to be known for enjoying whiskey. In the 1950s, the beautiful and glamorous Hollywood actress Ava Gardner was known to have a love for whiskey. And there are various whiskey types. Scotch from Scotland, bourbon from the US, Irish whiskey, Canadian whiskey, and Japanese whiskey. Well, I managed to speak with Brett Bailey, who represents Glenfiddich, the well-known single malt Scotch whiskey produced by William Grant & Sons in Scotland. As the Southeast Asia brand ambassador for Glenfiddich, what have you learned about branding for Glenfiddich? 
So the Glenfiddich brand has been really well established. We operate with this, uh, what we call our maverick mentality. So it's always about innovating, uh, breaking down barriers and seeing where we can push our category of whiskey next. And what did you learn at their distillery? Because I know for a fact that, you know, you have a great history. It's a family business founded by William Grant in the late 1880s. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I've been really lucky that I've been able to get up to the distillery a few times and being able to go in and see, you know, family trees, the, the people that have actually developed our whiskey brands, talk to people that have worked with all these individuals who have really impacted the spirits category. It's just an amazing opportunity. How does the brand Glenfiddich like to be positioned today? So we look at ourselves as what we classify as affordable luxury uh, or accessible luxury. So um, we've got ranges, uh, you know, with our 12-year-old whiskies uh, for everyone, everyday kind of drinking. Uh, and then we also go into the more collectible items, things that uh, range all the way up to 50-year-old whiskies that are really hard to find, really rare, mm. uh, but uh, definitely hold their, uh, their weight in the whiskey world. And obviously, you've traveled to different parts of Asia, so I'm sure you've enjoyed much Asian food, right? Since many people are now ordering takeaway or cooking at home, what are some suggestions in pairing certain Asian food with Glenfiddich whiskies? Yeah, I think that's a really good question. Um, food pairing has become a really uh, interesting component to whiskey drinkers, uh, especially over the last few years. Uh, looking at something like grilled salmon, uh, from the Glenfiddich portfolio, we have this amazing product called the Glenfiddich IPA. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was uh, part of our, our experimental uh, range, so this was actually the first of those experiments where we did a, a finished maturation in an IPA cast that used to hold uh, IPA beer. So it brings in really unique kind of citrusy notes, uh, which would work really well with seafood. Uh, obviously, uh, grilled salmon is going to have that kind of torch, sort of almost smoky note going through it, uh, which will work really nicely with the citrusy notes um, in, in that particular whiskey, as well as that kind of hoppy uh, sort of herbal flavor that we get as well. Mm. What's your suggestion for stronger flavored Asian dishes that may be spicy and contain rich sauces, for example, Thai, Indonesian, or even Peranakan cuisine? I mean, do spice notes in whiskey complement strong food flavors? Yeah, I think this is a a really challenging element of my role is trying to perform pairings with these sort of really rich um, spice flavors that you were just talking about. Mm. Whiskies do come in a a multitude of different flavor profiles where you've got really heavy, strong flavors that come off the the, uh, island of Isla, uh, which is where we see big peated whiskies come from. Uh, Glenfiddich comes from Speyside, which is more fruit driven, uh, a lot softer. So I think uh, there's definite spice notes in our Glenfiddich 15, which I've used previously for Mm -hmm. doing food pairings with spice-driven food. And I think it just needs to be able to stand up uh, against whatever it's going against. Spicy food, on the other hand, chili is a big killer when it comes to flavor Mm. uh, within a whiskey. uh, And alcohol will actually agitate that flavor profile as well. What's the ideal whiskey pairing, you think, for dishes like Cantonese dim sum? I mean, these days, some trendy people like to order takeaway dim sum for dining at home. Absolutely. Uh, I think dim sum is a great way to, to really understand your palate uh, because of the fact that, you know, it's not one small dish, sort of a multiple order kind of uh, setup. So with this, I think the best way to, to learn how to pair with dim sum is to actually just try things out. Uh, for myself, I tend to actually drink high balls. Um, so not a straight whiskey. I'll drink uh, Glenfiddich 12 with soda water. Uh, and it just stretches it out a little bit, makes it a little bit more refreshing sort of in between bites. But Given that there's usually a heavy presence of uh, seafood or um, particularly pork, uh, I'd go a lighter, sweeter style whiskey like a 12 or an 18-year-old that Glenfiddich makes. And what's your favorite Asian food, (laughs) personally? 
I grew up in the Philippines, so I've got a real soft spot for uh, for Filipino roast pork. That's uh, mm. on. Cool. You're listening to the sensitive man. I'm Simon Lim. Now, some men collect watches, some collect antiques, and there are men who have a whiskey collection. There's the psychology to whiskey collection, and there's this dichotomy of wanting to collect and enjoy whiskey, yet collectors may feel that some bottles have become too precious to open. So tell us about the psychology of what you know about whiskey collecting and appreciation. I think for anyone that's a real whiskey head, this is the the challenge that we face. Uh, you know, the running joke is that when you buy a bottle, you actually buy two, and mm-hmm. one of those is to keep and one of those is to share. <laughs> um, I've got a few bottles at home that I consider quite collectible. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a very rare uh, Glenfiddich Snow Phoenix that I happen to have a bottle of. And for me, it's not about the monetary value behind that. It's purely about who I actually want to enjoy that particular bottle with. It's not something I'm going to open just for myself on a, you know, a quiet sort of Saturday night. The mentality that people have behind whiskey collecting is one of two. Uh, number one is the the diehard whiskey fans that just want to have complete collections because mm. it's what, what they're into. Uh, and the others are, are collecting for the purpose of economic gain. Uh, and that's totally fine. You know, whiskey has been uh, ranked as the highest alternative commodity for investment. So there's, there's good reason for people to be doing that on the, the monetary side as well. That's true. Now, what's the most expensive whiskey from Glenfiddich? And is it going to be up for auction? The most expensive we've released uh, was a bottling that was actually auctioned off for charity already. Mm. Um, And this is quite a few years ago now. Uh, It was named after Janet Reed Smith, uh, who was one of William Grant's daughters. She lived to about 111 years old. Uh, When we bottled this, we named it after her. She was the oldest living woman in Scotland. Uh, It was a 55-year-old whiskey, and it went for about £100,000 as the starting auction price. What it actually got up to, I'm not really sure. Uh, That wasn't released to uh, to public knowledge. (laughs) Wow. Uh, But our auctions are a great one. We've actually got an auction coming up um, uh, during the the COVID period that we're facing at the moment, which Mm. is going to be supporting Speyside. So it's a great question to bring up. Uh, If anyone's interested in in having a look at uh, auctions and how whiskey auctions work, uh, that will be happening between the 17th and the 22nd of June, and it's going to be 450 bottles. It's the only time we'll release this. Uh, it's been hand-selected by our malt master, and I'm hoping that it fetches quite a high price, but um, will still be relatively reasonable. And where can they get more information? Uh, it should be floating on the Glenfiddich website, glenfiddich.com. And also, you can follow our social media pages, so Glenfiddich Southeast Asia on Facebook. Uh, I'm under Bailey of the Deer on uh, Instagram, and I'll be posting quite a lot of information in the lead-up to that. The Sensitive Man Brett, I know that you're a brand ambassador for Glenfiddich, and you'll have plenty to say about all the whiskies from Glenfiddich, but if you were to narrow them down to your top two favourites, which would they be and why? Um, I'm actually a really big fan of the Glenfiddich 15. Mm-hmm. Um, spotlighting that one is something I actually do when I'm out on the road uh, with the brand. Mm. Uh, and the reason is it's just an amazing whiskey for its complexities, what's actually inside the bottle, but the price point for that is something that's so exceptional for consumers. So it's a fun one for me to share with people who either don't necessarily know a lot about whiskey or do. There's Mm. a bit of everything in there for everyone. I actually mentioned it before, uh, the collectible bottle that I have at home, the the Snow Phoenix. I've actually had uh, the opportunity to try that when I was in Sweden with our brand ambassador, uh, global brand ambassador, Struen. Uh, and that is absolutely phenomenal, uh, which is why that's a bottle that's sitting on my shelf collecting dust for the time being. (laughs) 
Now, not everyone knows about whiskey, so there could be listeners of this show who want to understand the process of whiskey appreciation. Could you share a bit and describe the art and enjoyment of single malt whiskies? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think for anyone that's trying to break in uh, to the the whiskey scene and really get uh, comfortable in in understanding how whiskey operates, one thing uh, that I think is not spoken about enough is that it should never be an intimidating process. Mm -hmm. Um, So for people wanting to get to know the process of uh, producing whiskey, that's an easy Google search. Um, It isn't really rocket science. Making whiskey is only uh, three ingredients, which is malted barley, uh, yeast and then water, and that's the only three ingredients we're actually allowed to, to act, uh, put into it. Mm. So um, on the surface, it seems simple. Once you dive a little bit deeper into the production, what it requires facility-wise, the technical expertise that our guys have at the distilleries, that's when you start to really see, uh, you know, as you said, the art of making whiskey. Mm. Um, but for anyone wanting to enjoy whiskey at home and, you know, really develop their own palate, what I would recommend is hunting around online, uh, given that that's the easiest way to find them, and have a look for a glass called a Glen Cairn. Uh, Glen Cairns are specifically built for spirit tastings, and what it does is it helps channel flavor into your nasal cavity, which is where the majority of your taste receptors are. So by having proper nosing glasses at home, you'll be able to get a much deeper understanding. My biggest suggestion is to always start very, very high up. So instead of trying to dive in and immediately identify you know, fruit flavors or specific nut flavors, mm-hmm. anything like that, start with sweet, bitter, salty, savory, uh, and sort of narrow down uh, by your categories. And if you can't get it on the first one, uh, a few drops of water will go a long way to open up a flavor profile. Um, that, that's something that we actually do at the distillery before we bottle a lot of the pot products that we see over here in Singapore. Very good advice. Now, with a history of over 130 years, Glenfiddich has sustained its strong brand presence. What is the secret to the success of Glenfiddich? The one thing, being a family-owned company that has really worked to our advantage is it's always quality first. Mm. Uh, because we don't have to answer to shareholders, it's literally the family uh, who makes or breaks on the financial side. Their goal has always been, uh, in William Grant's famous words, uh, make the best dram in the valley. So for them, it's about protecting his namesake and protecting the brand's namesake by producing great liquid in a very consistent format. As the world evolves, will Glenfiddich be going into more experimentation or producing more scotches like Glenfiddich 12? What's in the pipeline? I'm sure whiskey connoisseurs want to know. This is the, uh, the lose my job question now. Uh, <laughs> we, uh, we, we actually have a really rich history of being very experimental. Um, if you actually track back through the history of the distillery, yes. there's quite a few moments where we can see uh, experimental serves that have broken these boundaries down and really pushed the frontier of what single malt is. So my understanding for the time being is that we've definitely got some experimental uh, whiskey that's being uh, matured and played with at the distillery. Uh, I know that we've got some new products on the horizon, uh, but what they are for now, I've got to keep my uh, my lips sealed. But I'm very excited for them. Uh, I've been fortunate enough to try three of the uh, the new products that are in development, and uh, the future is looking pretty wonderful. Okay. Well, thank you very much, Brett, for joining us here on the show. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. I was speaking to Brett Bailey, the Southeast Asia brand ambassador for Glenfiddich. And did you know that Glenfiddich actually means Valley of the Deer? Now you know. And you can also find out more about Glenfiddich via their website, which is glenfiddich.com. The Sensitive Man 
Thanks for listening to my podcast called The Sensitive Man. I'm Simon Lim, and since the world has had to fight the spread of COVID-19, life hasn't been the same. Everybody misses the real social interaction. But what we know from social media postings is that everyone has been cooking or baking at home and even exercising in their own living room. So have you been doing push-ups at home or going for that occasional solo run to break the monotony of being cooped up in your own house or flat? Or have you been able to enjoy your me-time moment that you used to long for? Away from the bustling city life, no more crowded trains where you can't get a seat or bumper-to-bumper traffic on the roads during rush hour. Perhaps you've found that the lockdown, or what we call the circuit breaker in Singapore, has been a refreshing change to give you your private space to work and to even chill out with a good drink and your trusted smartphone or notebook. Of course, there are some people like me who like to read an actual hard copy of an old book and enjoy being led by the author into a story that unfolds with every turn of the page. Oh yes, the smell of an old book, a most pleasant sensory experience. Well, that's how I like to unwind, but how about you? How about other men? I spoke with Mackie Chi, a Singaporean man who's able to tell us how he chills out at home. And he has his personal recommendations. Mackie, you're a property advisor with an interesting background of being a maitre d' in fine dining restaurants in Tokyo, Paris, and Singapore before. Now, what are some drinks you would recommend to listeners who wish to chill out at home? I received a gift from my friend. It's a single malt whiskey, organic single malt whiskey called Benomat from Scotland. It is very nice. Uh, I find it interesting because it has a hint of the banana, mm. uh, vanilla, and even some pepper nose. So I'm into it now. Um, Besides that, I also favor my uh, Yamasaki uh, whiskey from Japan. That's popular, of course, yeah. And besides that, now I'm actually living alone with my mom, so I don't actually open uh, any wine. You know, it's a full bottle. I don't think I can finish by myself. So uh, in times when I need a wine, I, I usually choose a champagne, a half bottle of champagne. And uh, because salmon fruit is the one that I will go to. Is there a mm. particular trend that you follow as well? I am seeing a lot of people drinking gin nowadays. So I think the trend now is gin. A lot of people are into gin. Even the tonic that's served with the gin, mm-hmm. they have different kinds, uh, different brands, different flavor. which tonic should go with gin. But you're more a uh, whiskey man. You're single malt whiskey. Yes. yes. <laughs> or sake. Uh, sake, I do have uh, sake. If I have to drink sake, I, I like the brand uh, Dasai 23. It's a Daiginjo. Ah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, also have a very floral taste. Very nice. Now, you're a modern man who knows how to appreciate good food. And what are two of your favorite gourmet food and drink pairing that one can enjoy at home and something that can be delivered to one's home as well? I have a friend who owns a restaurant in Dempsey mm-hmm. uh, called Atut. He actually home make the charcuterie. For example, the Riyadh, Pate, Terrine and Kokas, and even sausages. So if I need something fresh that's homemade, I always call my friend. In the- mm, very nice. And are there other recommendations? Uh, for the sausages, I especially like the, the char-grilled uh, pork sausage. Uh, they do take away. Anything above $150, they will do the delivery for free. Anything below, they have a charge of $20. In addition, uh, there's another place that I like to recommend. It's a bar time in uh, Jabin Lane. They do a daily uh, three-course takeaway at only $25. When it's more casual local food like takeaway local street food, such as Hainanese chicken rice and even spicy mee goreng, 
What alcoholic drinks go well with these foods and why? If you're talking about Hainanese chicken rice, it's a very versatile local food. Mm. If people choose to take a lot of chilli with it, I recommend a, a bottle of Riesling. It can actually cut through the chilli uh, and give it more balance. Yeah, For those who like the authentic rice and the chicken, I, I recommend a Chardonnay, which actually adds buttery flavour to the rice. And what about the spicy mm. mee goreng? For, for the spicy mee goreng, I think beer will be the best. Okay, good old-fashioned beer, yeah? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now let's talk a bit about your work. How have you been communicating, learning and advising during such times, being a property advisor? Well, during this time, it's, it's quite difficult. As you know, uh, we are not allowed to do any on-site viewing. Mm-hmm. There's been uh, quite a bit of uh, viewing through sending actual pictures and video of the properties to clients. So what have you learned? I, I think people need to adapt to changes. You always need to be abreast of all the new technology that can help you advertise yourself. What are your concerns about buyers and sellers in the property market since property advisors are sandwiched in between? I, I think property advisor is a fading profession, just like uh, insurance. Because now buyers, sellers, they, they are more tax-heavy mm. and uh, they can actually do it hands-on. However, being able to put a face to it adds value. So this actually gives clients more assurance. So I think knowledge is paramount. We always have to stay up to date. That's right. I think it's so very true. Do more reading and just, you know, keep your ears open. The Sensitive Man Mackie, how do you unwind at home during this period when people are required to stay home to prevent the spread of COVID-19? Uh, I, I recently picked up a book called in the Land of Men by uh, Adrian Miller. It's actually a memoir. Mm. Uh, I, I'm still halfway through it, uh, not that it's finished, but uh, it's talking about how she started as an uh, editorial assistant for QG magazine and uh, how she forged her way up in the man-dominated uh, environment to become the first woman to take on the role of literary editor for Esquire. Mm-hmm. It's a very, very interesting book. Uh. What is the title again and the author's name? Uh, the, the title is In the Land of Men by Adrian Miller. That's a good recommendation. Mackie, this need to stay home has turned many ordinary working men and women into mini home chefs. What are you most proud of cooking or baking best? For myself, I don't really cook at home because I leave it to my mom. <laughs> if I have to, I'll do a normal fried rice. Lucky you, huh? <laughs> With mom around. <laughs> so what's your favorite dish from your mother? We are Cantonese, so every meal we have a soup. Mm. Mackie, do you think the role of a man has changed today? I mean, like, what are some demands of today and what are you most sensitive about? Definitely has changed. The role of man, as you know, in retrospect, has always been the provider to the family. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the world is changing. Uh, women now has the capacity to be also to become a provider. So we are seeing a lot of women taking up uh, leading roles in the companies. So uh, I think people should stop uh, stereotyping that women should just be homemakers. In my life of work, I've seen a couple of uh, house husbands. It is a changing society, yeah? Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. why this show is called The Sensitive Man. It's <laughs> <laughs> the modern man of today and the modern woman. Now, what is one quote that you like and why? Uh, there's this quote by Oscar Wilde. It's called, Be Yourself. Everyone else is already taken. Always be true to yourself and try not to emulate other people, your peers, your idol, you know, just be yourself, be honest, be true. People accept the way you are. I like that. Be yourself. Thank you, Mackie, for being on my podcast show. Thank you, Simon. Mackie Chi, a property advisor and former maitre d' of fine dining restaurants on The Sensitive Man. You're listening to The Sensitive Man. I'm Simon Lim. 
Well, it's been really interesting speaking to my guests in this podcast. We learned more about 28 Hong Kong street craft cocktails from head bartender Ronan Kilthy and about Glenfiddich whiskey from Brett Bailey, the Southeast Asia brand ambassador for Glenfiddich. And one Singaporean man, Maggie Chi, shared with us how he chills out at home. In my next episode of The Sensitive Man, I'll be interviewing some experts in sake appreciation and other bar drinks, so be sure to follow me on my podcast. And as much as the world enjoys good drinks, drink in moderation, and don't drink if you drive. A final thought? I guess the one good thing of drinking at home during the late night hour is that there isn't a last call at the bar. I'm Simon Lim, and thanks for listening to The Sensitive Man. The Sensitive Man The Sensitive Man is a production of SPH Radio. I'm Simon Lim, your host and producer for this podcast. Special thanks to Joseph McDade for the music. You can also find this show on iTunes, Google Podcast, and streaming on Google Home.